conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. 18 minutes before 4 o'clock, over 100 CEOs from some of the top companies have pledged to help the government save South Africa. South Africa has been battling with a variety of issues that have negatively affected the economy and exacerbated unemployment and poverty. Among other things, the companies pledged to help government with funding and technical expertise. They will be doing this in different sectors. How will the pledge work in reality? We're joined on the line now by Martin Kingston, chairperson of the Resource Mobilization Fund and also business for South African. Martin, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. So how's that go- this going to work? Your listeners will know for the last few months we've been working alongside government in three areas of B4SA. One, focusing on energy, working with the National Energy Crisis Committee. The second on logistics, uh, a National Logistics Crisis Committee is being formed. And the third area is crime and corruption in many of these areas we're beginning to make real progress we know that all of those three are major constraints of course in terms of achieving our economic potential and we're facing very significant headwinds uh, as a country Uh, this is really i think a build on that demonstrating the number of chief executives who are patriotic committed and absolutely clear that they need to put their shoulders and the resources of their companies uh, to work their skills and expertise to ensure that we can actually shift the Uh, shift the dial in those areas and indeed in other areas over time. Uh, More companies, of course, are joining up to that uh, exercise. You also referred, of course, to the Resource Mobilization Fund. Uh, That's a specific structure that's been put in place uh, to put skills and expertise at the disposal of government. In fact, the MECOM work stream sitting on government side of the table. We raised 100 million rand from business and from philanthropic organizations, again, to make sure that they have specific skills uh, legal communications, project management skills uh, to help them in that work, of course, in that case, uh, to address load shedding as quickly as possible. Yeah. So I've seen how it works, for instance, the cooperation uh, and the collaboration between the private sector and um, government, especially when it comes to crime, the private security companies working together with w- with SEPs. But in the other sectors, like, like let's say, for instance, in um, in manufacturing, how would that work? Well, manufacturing, of course, is entirely dependent upon an effective logistic system and reliable, predictable and affordable uh, energy. So they recognize that if they can deal with those two constraints, they improve the viability of their businesses. National Energy Crisis Committee has got 10 work streams. We are participating directly in six of them. We've got subject matter experts uh, that are working alongside uh, the government teams and ESCOM teams to address load shedding, getting those structures up and running is critical, making sure that the manufacturing companies that you're talking about have visibility on the work that we're doing, uh, are able to plot with some confidence the way forward and plan uh, their own processes and investments is dependent upon the reliability of those inputs. Okay, Martin, I'm just going to try and see if we can get you on a different line quickly. Um, this one isn't clear. That's Martin Kingston, the chairperson of the Resource Mobilization Fund and also um, from Business for South Africa. So this collaboration between government and uh, private companies um, to try and help 
um, the state when it comes to service delivery. Exactly how will this work? That's the conversation that we are having with uh, Martin Kingston. And I guess the other part around this conversation is also how do you ensure that there is that uh, separation as well between private entities and their interest as well as the state's own interest. 614 You can also drop me a tweet at Aldrin Sampier and our studio line is 086-000-2032. Okay, we've got Martin back on the line. Martin, I was just saying now, um, what what sort of boundaries do you put in place to safeguard the relationship with between um, state as well as a private interest to make sure that they are not conflated? Well, that's absolutely, that's the correct answer because we need to be very mindful of conflicts. We respect the integrity and the independence of the state. Uh, so we need to have arm's length relationships. So the resources, for example, that we're making available through the Resource Mobilization Fund, uh, we donate them to government, but they report to the presidency, to the structures within the National Energy Crisis Committee. Uh, we're equally very sensitive to the fact that in the area of crime and corruption, once again, it's the province of of the state, but that doesn't mean we can't provide expertise, uh, resources, subject matter uh, experts wherever appropriate, Uh, but we need to at all times be transparent about the work that we're doing as the private sector because we cannot afford to have allegations uh, of any conflict or indeed, as I said, uh, compromising the processes within government. Okay, and then do you have a target at all in terms of uh, the resources that you need to mobilize in monetary terms? Well, actually, that's the least uh, significant of the constraints, Aldrin, because it's the expertise that needs to be made available. I think the president has been consistently clear about capacity constraints within uh, government, as as have many of his his ministers. Uh, So if we can make that expertise directly or indirectly available, uh, we will, to the extent that there's resources that need to be mobilized by way of uh, funding to be able to pay for that expertise, as we demonstrated already with the RMF, we'll do that again. But in the context of the three work streams we're talking about, energy, logistics, and crime and corruption, it's much more about subject matter experts, about ensuring that we can aggregate the efforts of all of business, the number of CEOs who have both joined up to the pledge, but not only that, are leading these individual work streams, I think is an indication of how seriously they take the matter and how committed they are to resolving these issues. And who will be doing the auditing? Uh, what do you mean by the auditing? The audit, So there will be money that is being made available as well, right? Oh, well, yeah. the Resource Mobilization Fund is, of course, subject to its own independent audits. It's got an independent board. We will make that absolutely available to the public at large, just indeed as the Solidarity Fund did during the COVID crisis. There will be no money uh, that will move without it being accounted for. And by the way, when I say accounted for, accounted for comprehensively, transparently, and to the public at large, Aldrin. Yeah. And then just the final one is um, because there are sometimes political differences from a, that is informed from an ideology perspective, who then becomes mediator in, this, in, in that particular case? Now, we're clear, and that's an absolutely correct question. We're clear that the design, development and implementation of policy rests with government. Of course, different people within the private sector, and I have to say even within government, have different views. But the final arbiter of that and the decision maker and the implementer of policy is government, and we will always respect that. Thank you so much for your time. That is Martin Kingston, chairperson of the Resource Mobilization Fund in Business for South Africa.